going to be in John chapter 1 and verse 15. And we're going to be in John chapter 6, verses 16 to 25. Please settle down very quickly. I don't want too many people walking around to distract. I will be starting a series titled, The God Who Collapses Time. Obviously, it's going to be a series. <laughs> As the Lord began to deal with me in this area, I knew that there's no way, in spite of my best efforts, that I can say all that God would have me say on this subject in one message. So it's going to be a series. So make it the God who collapses time, part one. We'll go as far as the Lord will have us go, trusting him for speed, trusting him for acceleration, and trusting him that all will be comprehensively accomplished that is in the heart of the Lord. Can I have an amen to that? Ushers, can I have an amen? Psalm 31 and verse 15. The book of Psalms, chapter 31, verse 15. This was the Psalm of David. Oh, let's take it from verse 14 and then to 16, but verse 15 is my focus. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Can I have an amen? My emphasis there is verse 15. My times are in thy hand. And that's what I need. My times are in thy hand. Say with me this morning, my times are in the hand of the Lord. Praise God. Now let's go to John chapter 6, the gospel of St. John chapter 6. And we're going to read from verse 16 all the way to 25. John, the gospel of St. John, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John chapter 6. From verse 16 all the way to 25. And when even was now come, that was the evening time, his disciples went down onto the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. Now, Capernaum was home for the Lord Jesus. He lived there. He lived in Capernaum. So they were heading home toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, now this is three to four miles, they see Jesus walking on the sea. Wow. And drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. And he said unto them, It is high, be not afraid. 
Then they willingly received him into the ship. And immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. That's where I'm going. Immediately Jesus entered the ship. The ship got to the destination. Oh, Pastor, maybe it was King James that reported it that way. So we'll look at other translations. Verse 22. The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one wherein, wherein to his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Because the people saw as they were departing. Howbeit, there came other boats from Tiberias, nigh unto the place when they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum, seeking for Jesus. Verse 25. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Now that's King James English. When camest thou hither? Simply means when did you come here? It beat their imagination. They saw the disciples as they got on the boat and as they were moving. But Jesus didn't join them. And there was no other boat there. So how will the master get to Capernaum, his home? Obviously, the people didn't see him when he was walking on the water, but the disciples saw him. And the moment he joined them, the boat got to the land. Talk about the God that collapses time. Give me that same John chapter 6, verses 16 to 25 in New Living Translation. Quickly. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Remember, Capernaum was home, right? Soon, uh, no, come on. Soon, a gale, that's a storm, a wind, swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles. When suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat, they were terrified. Now, this wasn't the same time. This is a different account from when he walked on the water and Peter asked him, if it be thou, bid me come. Now, this is a different account. So, Jesus walked on water more than once. This is a different account. Right. But he called out to them, don't be afraid. I'm here, all right? Then they were eager to let him into the boat when they knew it was him. So they got him into the boat and immediately, immediately, they arrived at their destination. Now, for you to know this was a miracle, the writer of the New Living Translation puts an exclamation mark. This is like, alas. Wow. And immediately, they go to their destination. 
Talk about the God that collapses time. Now, for you to know that the people around at the time were also surprised. Then they were eager. Oh, come on, move on now. Let's go to the next verse. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore, because they had fed them, saw that the disciples had taken the only boat. <laughs> and they realized that Jesus had not gone with them. Now, this is a clearer English, all right? Jesus hadn't gone with them, and they had taken the only boat. So, how was Jesus going to get to Capernaum? Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. People came from everywhere from Tiberias. They came for the miracle. Praise God. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boat and went across to Capernaum to look for him because they could find him at home. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, which is teacher or master, when did you get here? We saw you at the other side of the lake. We were, now, for you to know they were together. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. They were together. Now, look at Jesus' response to them. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miracle of signs. He had fed them in a meeting. They had eaten. And he separated himself. And the disciples waited and waited and waited. Okay, master, there we go. Boom, they got into the boat. And they had traveled three to four miles on the sea without him. And they were wondering, where is this man now? How is he going to get to us now? We're going home to Capernaum. The next thing they saw, there was the wind. The next thing they saw, Jesus was very close to the boat. Ah, it's me. Hey, guys, don't, don't be afraid. Oh, yes, he's the pastor. <laughs> Come down, he's the pastor. Praise God. I don't know why they were always afraid of the water. Because really on the water, you don't expect to see anybody walking. That's strange. It's high, guys. Calm down. Now, we're going to see the message translation and see the way you put it. And then they got him into the boat. They willingly received him into the boat. And as soon as Jesus got into the boat, the boat got where it was going. May the Lord get into your boat. This season. This is something that God wants to do in this church. That's why he's giving us this word. As a matter of fact, I can tell you, he's doing that already. He's doing it already. Amen? The God, talk about the God that collapses time. There was supposed to be a travel time. He collapsed it. They got to their destination. Maybe one hour travel, maybe two hours travel. I don't know, from that point to Capernaum. But immediately he got there. Guys, you don't have to wait no more. The wait is over. Tell your neighbor the wait is over. Same scripture, message translation. Thank you, media, you are doing a good job. Go back to verse 16. Verse 16, we take it from 16. In the evening, his disciples went down to the sea. All right? Yeah, please move. You've been doing well. God bless you. Got in the boat and headed back across the water to Capernaum. After the meeting, they got in the boat, they went down to the sea, got in the boat. It's like, when you finish a meeting in battle, you travel to Lagos and you get into the ship or you get into the plane, you're moving home. Now, they were heading back to Capernaum. It had grown quite dark and Jesus had not yet returned. A huge wind blew up, churning the sea. Move on now. 
they were maybe three or four miles out when they saw Jesus walking on the sea, quite near the boat. Now, if they probably saw him afar, maybe the fear wouldn't be that much, but he was quite close. <laughs> that was the shock. Lord have mercy. If somebody shows up in your living room in the night, far from you, yeah, you'll be terrified, but at a particular degree, at a certain degree. But the person shows up right in your face, <laughs> even if it's your dad. They were scared senseless. Message has a way of using these words. All right. But he reassured them. He reassured them. It's me, guys. It's all right. Don't be afraid. I put the word guys there. Praise God. I believe he said that. It's me, guys. Come on now. It's all right. Don't be afraid. Let me tell your neighbor. It's all right. Don't be afraid. It's Jesus. So, since they knew it was him now, they took him on board in zero time. This is not like the way we used words very loosely. I'll be with you in no time. It still takes time to be with you. But in these words, this is zero time. As soon as he stepped on the boat, in no time. No means no. So don't let us be careless with words as believers. The Bible says let your yes be yes and no be no. Every other thing is from the devil. Stop saying I'll be with you in no time. I'm guilty of that too. Tell them I'll be with you in five minutes. Be specific. I'll be with you in ten minutes. I'll be with you in fifteen minutes. Americans are guilty. They say just a second. Anything you want in America, just a second. All right, sweetheart, just a second. I'll be with you right now. Just a second. Now, the moment you're saying just a second, that's a second already. This goes all the way into different words that we use very loosely. Oh, may God be proud of you. That's not a good prayer. God will never be proud of anybody. God is never proud. Get it right. Don't say this is English. Words are powerful. First of all, words are for creation before they are meant for communication. The first time words were used in the Bible, they were used for creation. Light be, and light was. It wasn't for communication. So don't say what you don't mean. Never, you know, God is so proud of me. May God be proud of you. Some pastors pray that prayer. Well, I don't blame them. They don't know. And what you don't know, you don't know. Doesn't matter how many years you're in the faith. Because the origin of pride is Satan, the devil. He created it. Pride wasn't in, in existence until Satan created it. You'll find that in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 to 14. I will now arise, I will now and set myself above the stars of the Almighty. I will ascend unto the throne and I will stand in the north side. Now that's where God's throne is in heaven. And Satan said, I will lift myself. I will exalt myself. I will promote myself. I will rise. I will. I will. I will. And God had it. And God said, no, you go down today. 
Jesus picked that up in Luke chapter 10 when he was talking to the disciples. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Pride. Satan is pride personified. That's why every child of God must be careful. Let us never become proud. Whatever God is doing through your life and in your life for other people, don't you ever take the credit. God is the doer. Acknowledge him. Never, never, ever, never, ever in your life allow pride in your heart. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You'll find that in 1 Peter 5, 5 to 7. Amen? Pride is Satan's perfume. You wear it, you smell bad to God. Are you with me? Are you with me? When Jesus was baptized in the water and he was coming out of the water, a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son and I'm proud of him. Is that what you have in your Bible? What did God say? In whom I'm well pleased. May God be well pleased with you. May God be delighted in you. Those are better words to use than proud, proud. My parents are proud. Yeah, we are proud parents today because you have graduated with a first class. We are very proud parents. No, 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 no. Amen. Get rid of that word from your vocabulary. Get rid of it. 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 God, will, God, God doesn't joke. He doesn't waste words. God doesn't waste words. Every word from the mouth of God is loaded with the faith of God and is powerful enough to transform your life and your situation. Every word from God is powerful. He said not a word or a tittle will go unfulfilled. So he doesn't release what will not be fulfilled. Take that. The word of God that seriously. Yeah. Pastor Fred, why are you taking it so seriously this morning? Yes. Because the word of God is that serious. When he says, by my stripes you are healed, you better believe that. Can I have an amen to that? Isaiah 55 says, every, no word from God. He said, no word from my mouth will come back to me empty or void. No, no. Every word from God has the faith of God in it. Backing it up to bring it to pass in your life. Can I have an amen to that? So never, ever. Never, ever, never, ever use those kind of very loose words. Someone say, oh, I had the message today, Pastor Fred. Oh, the message was fantastic. Never say that. This is the year of correction. The Lord is correcting us. What is the meaning of fantastic? Check the root of words before you use them. Fantastic is from the word fantasy. You calling the word of God a fantasy? Like a lie? <laughs> fantasy. You know, as you sit down on your seat now, you can fantasize about being in America, in New York, you know, you are here in Nigeria and you are fantasizing about something that is not real. Isn't that right? You can fantasize about marrying a particular lady, the most beautiful lady in the church. Oh Lord, I don't have money, but I wish I could marry this lady. Oh my God. It's fantasy. And then you call the word of God, the message, fantastic. The Lord is straightening us out. You know why? Because he wants every word from our mouth to be as powerful as his word so we can have better results in our lives. So when you say it, you see it. Like God said it in Genesis 1, 
all the way down to the last verse, and he saw what he said. So I, I, I plead with you, don't say what you don't want to see. Anybody can die at any time. Did you find that from the Bible? If you didn't find that from the Bible, don't you ever say it again in your life. Even if a bishop or ashes bishop said it. People are religious sometimes. They don't know God. The people that persecuted Jesus the worst were the religious leaders of the day. No! You can't heal on the Sabbath day. It is Sabbath. You, you, you can't be healing. And Jesus asked them, how many of you would have an animal get into the ditch on Sabbath day and would say because it's Sabbath you won't rescue your animal, your sheep or your cow? They were quiet. How much more this daughter of Zion? How much more this son of God, this child of God? And they were quiet. And they hated him for that. They were religious, but they didn't know God. Said that to say, keep your focus on the word of God. Screen is gone blank. Glory be to God. I'm not done with my message translation. Hallelujah. From our text, you could see that's an interesting journey. Can I have an amen to that? Are we still together? Have I lost you? We're still together. Praise God. It's quite an interesting journey. They had traveled three to four miles. Jesus joined them right there, and boom, they got to their destination. I've spent much time on that text because... For the rest of the series, I won't spend that much time on that text anymore. I'll just read and then I'll preach. But you need to have a foundation of where I'm coming from and what the Spirit of the Lord would have me say. Now, having said that, having shown you that miracle, because that was a miraculous journey, all right? And quite a number of them in the scriptures as the weeks, you know, uh, roll in and then we look at them. The various, you know, uh, encounters with the Lord Jesus, Right? But having said all of that, I want you to know that time is not bad. So don't look at time like something, like an enemy that God has to overcome. You know, I gave that title quite catchy. You know, it's quite catchy and then, you know, people won't say, ah, come on. Somebody said, Pastor, I'm just going to have to hook on from the UK. I, I like that. You know, it sounds to me like so, so, and so. I said, don't worry. Just wait till tomorrow. Now, time is not bad. Time actually is a great blessing from God. Can I have an amen to that? And it is not something to be trifled with. Those who waste time, waste opportunities to fulfill purpose, and they wind up the latter part of their lives in regret. Listen again. Those who waste time, waste opportunities to fulfill purpose, and they wind up the latter part of their lives in regret. Time is so precious and yet elusive in nature. If it is allowed to slip through one's fingers, it can be recaptured with the best of human efforts. That's why it takes only divine mercy and intervention to have lost time restored. It takes only divine mercy of God and God's supernatural intervention to have lost time restored. 
Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. Media, you have to make this screen work. Joel 2, 25. Because I have a long way to go and the screen just helps us to save time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. God said, and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. The canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm and my great, my great army which I sent among you. God said, I will restore to you the years. The years. Now when you talk about years, I believe you are talking about time. Is that correct? When you talk about minutes, seconds, days, months, weeks, years, you're talking about what? Time. God said, I will restore. So it, it takes the intervention of God to restore lost time. God said, I will restore to you the years. Now, what does the word restore mean? It means that it was in store before, then it was taken out of store, and God said, I will put it back in store. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? So when God said, I will restore, you need to understand that it takes only God to restore time. When you lose money, money can be restored in the place of business. When you lose, when you lose certain things, they can be gotten back. If you lose some goods, they may be restored. All right, get it back in the store. But when you lose time, it takes only God to restore time. In spite of the best human efforts, nobody can restore time. That's why God said, I will restore. Yesterday is gone. Can you call back yesterday? Hello, people. Yesterday was Saturday, the 3rd of September, 2022 in Nigeria. Can you recall it right now and say, by faith, in the name of Jesus, I call back Saturday. Oh, let the whole world turn around and it's going to be Saturday. No, it's gone. It's gone forever. It will never come again. The next 3rd of September you are going to have is going to be 3rd September, 2023. Is that clear? So time can be elusive. It can be evasive. It may be allowed to slip through our fingers. And when that happens, sorry, it's gone. That's why you are never in your life to waste time. Time can be pregnant with opportunities. So time lost is opportunity lost. And opportunity by itself is perishable in nature. You need to go and hear my series on opportunities. I preached that a couple of years ago. Maybe some other time in the future. Hallelujah. Mm. I want to share with you this morning. I want to begin to share. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Certain discoveries that I've made from the word of God about time. Five of them. The last one is the title that we're treating. The number five. Is the title. So, if we don't get to number five, we'll take it off from there next week. Certain discoveries. If you're a diligent student of the Bible, a diligent student of the Word of God, you can research this topic yourself with the help of the Holy Spirit. Number one, I found out that it was God that created time. God created time. God is the source. The source of everything good. I said earlier, time is good. Time is a blessing. Do you know that without a sense of time, most likely we won't have a vision, we won't have a purpose, we won't set goals, 
Because we just wake up and sleep, eat, drink, go to bed, wake up, sleep, eat, drink. No goal for your life. There are people who don't have a goal. And <laughs> Reverend George, my, one of my mentors said some time ago, he said, if you don't have a goal, you're a goat. Because you're just waking up, drinking, sleeping, eating. That's all you do. What are you setting out to achieve for yourself, for your family, in the body of Christ, in the world? One of the reasons some people are serious, some of us are serious, is because we always say, time is going. Time is going. So do what you have to do now, while it is today. Do it now. Time gives you that sense that, look, I, I've got to do something. I've got to do something with my life. Yesterday you were 22. Tomorrow you're going to be 23. Nobody grows younger in terms of your age descending. It keeps ascending. That's why if you don't do certain things at 16, doing them at 26 will be without pleasure. Writing jam at 26 is not sweet. You may have to because you are forced to, but you know it is not sweet. It's not palatable. At 26, you should probably be getting ready to get married. You're done with your first degree already. There are certain things, if you don't do them at a certain time, doing them later will be with displeasure. You have to do them because you are compelled to, or you compel yourself to so do. If you don't learn to read ABC at the age of 2, 3, 4, 5, they are just teaching you ABC at the age of 18. Oh, yeah, this is A, B, C, D, E at 18. When you're supposed to be talking about medicine and surgery. God created time. He created time to be a blessing because God himself is the source. Every good thing comes from God. Psalm 36 verse 9 says, For with you is the fountain of life. You are the source, and in your life shall we see light. James 1, 17, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from heaven, the Father of heavenly lights, with whom there is neither variableness nor shadow of turning. Genesis chapter 1, let's go to the beginning. At creation, from verse 3. Let's see this very quickly. God created time. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Verse 5. And God called the light day. What does that sound like? Come on now. What does that sound like? When I tell you, look, you only have three days to submit your assignment. You only have three days to submit your assignment. What does that sound like? Time. Thank you. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. This was when God created time. That was when we began to talk about days. Before that time, there wasn't anything like day. If you look at verse 2, it said the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's all. But the moment he created light. Now, this is not light. Of sunshine. This is not the sun like we see. This is the light of the glory of God. Which shines in the face of Jesus. Which is the source of every living life. If you break down our body into the molecules. You'll find that right in the center of it is light. Science eventually found out. That every living organism. Every molecule of it. If you break it down. You'll find light in the midst of it. 
the light of the glory of God. That's the light that lights up the planet of heaven. That's the source of everything created. Why would God create light before creating every other thing? Because every other thing would depend on light. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? This is not sunlight. It's not sunshine. Because the sun was not created until day four of creation. So go to now. Now go to verse 14 now. Go to verse 14. See where, when sun was created. Verse 14. And God said, let there be lights. Now plural, you can see that. Lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. This was when time came into being. He set it in motion in verse 5, but it came into being in verse 14. He said, that light will separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and Another transition might say, let them be for times and seasons, for seasons and for days and for years. Is that clear to somebody this morning? When you talk about days, weeks, months, years, what are you talking about? Come on, talk to me. What are you talking about? Time. So then he set the timeline for man's life. He created time. Then he set the timeline for the lifespan of man. Go to Genesis chapter 6. And verse 3. We quote it a lot. Let's read it this morning. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. God created a timeline for your life, for my life. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days. What does that sound like? Come on, talk to me, church. What does that sound like? Time. His time. His timeline. His days shall be and 120 years, glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Don't settle for less because that's God's timeline for your life. Now what you do in between is very important. How you treat your earthly, your earth suit, your body. What you eat, what you drink, when you eat, when you drink. How you treat your body, whether you rest a bit and balance work and rest, or you just work, 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 and work your body. Some people at the age of 50, their body is already 85 years old. Is overworked. Overworked. Stress. 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 We are talking to ourselves this morning. Those of us in that category. You must learn to balance your life. There are times that my, my phone has to go on flight mode. So I can catch some sleep. God who created sleep. You think he made a mistake? You know some people pride themselves in these things. I don't go to bed early. No. I don't, I don't, I don't sleep that much. I'm not like you. You're a lazy man. You sleep, 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 sleep. I go to bed like 2 a.m. and 5 I'm up. You, you will die soon. Mother, how spirit, how spirit filled you are. That's why many, many. Go and read the books. I thank God for my pastor, Pastor Tunde Oluwayemi. That man is a huge blessing to my life. He's given me books. Those books, are, they, they, they help me. Go and read about God's generals. How some generals died at 30-something. David Brainerd, for example, I read that in the book written by Reverend George Adebue, Men of Like Passions. David Brainerd was 28 or so when he died. He walked himself out. He actually wore his physical body out in the, the, the field of missions. Oh, that guy was so sold out to the kingdom. 
One time in India, he was in India ministering, and he went to his tent to sleep. A snake came into his tent, huge viper, and swirled round like this, and got ready to strike him. David Brenner didn't know he was, he was praying. Apparently, there were some onlookers who thought, you know, in that part of the world, some of them worship animals and beasts. They were watching. Aha, the guy would catch up with this guy. The guy didn't know anything. He was just praying. He didn't even open his eyes. He didn't chase the snake. He couldn't even have chased it. It was a beast. This snake was a beast. The snake, demo, 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 was there, was there, was there, and then ran away. And the man finished praying. He didn't know anything. How God keeps his people. But you see, some of these things need some balance. Some of these anointings would have still been on earth today, blessing people. But some of them have gone home too early. And people will open their mouth and say, it has pleased the Lord to take away our brother. No! It has pleased our brother to go home. Too quickly. And I figure, when they get to heaven, God, some of them, some of them, I figure God will say, why did you come home so early? Stay around for a while. Fulfill mission. Fulfill purpose. Some of my pastors, when they say they want to go at 80, I said, that's selfish, sir. I don't want to go at 80. At 80 is when we need your wisdom. You will guide us, we, the younger generation, whose blood is very hot. By that time, you are cool. So you can tell us to also calm down. Guide us. Provide direction. But if you go at 80, you go with all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the anointing. Why? Don't be selfish. Hallelujah, the Lord will interpret that to you in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Are you with me this morning? God set the timeline for our lives. He set it for 120. Look, I'm not going to dwell too much on this, but I'm, I'm going to teach it again someday soon about this lifespan. I found out from the scriptures. It was the children of Israel who cut short their lives by grieving the spirit of God every time. They were so disobedient. They cut short their lives. He said 120. They said, no way. We won't listen to you. Go right. No, we're not going right. Okay, go left. No, we'll go right. What's wrong with you people? All right, move now. No, we're not moving. We're staying right here in the wilderness. Okay, stay in the wilderness. No, 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 we are moving. They were like that. Very obstinate, very stiff-necked, very rebellious. Rebellion doesn't do anything but cut short people's lives. Don't be rebellious to your parents. Don't be rebellious to church authority. Some of you think you're smarter than your parents. You know more than they do because you know they are not tech-savvy. Because they are not tech-savvy doesn't mean they don't have intelligence. They got here before you got here. Some people think they've discovered something about sex that their parents don't know. Hey, how did you get here, baby? How? Your dad and mom were just praying on the mountain. And then you, like, papa, you fell down. Whoa, a baby's here. No. <laughs> amen. I said, amen. Oh, no, sorry. They were cleaning the house. And under the carpet, they found a baby. Oh, the Lord has done great things for us. Mm. There are things God does for you. There are things God does in you. There are things God does through you. God set the timeline. In Genesis 8.22, he said, while this earth remaineth, seed, time, harvest, winter, and summer, 
day and night shall not cease. God created time and put it in the earth. And he said, while this earth remains, time will not cease. Can you look at the word seed, time, harvest? It can be read as seed time and harvest. And it can be read as seed time and harvest because you can sow your seed anytime. Amen? And harvest can come in any time. Depending on when you sow the seed. Glory be to God. Number two discovery that I've made about time. I discovered by the help of the Holy Ghost if you are writing right very accurately, because these points are different from each other, but they, some of them look similar. Number two, especially, and number three. Number two says, I discovered that certain things God does, certain things God does have specific time allotted to them. Certain things God does have specific time allotted to them. For instance, no matter how spiritual a woman is, the moment she gets pregnant, the set time of conception is nine months. Why? God knows. Have you ever asked why? God, why not four months? Because what a woman goes through in pregnancy is tough. Thank God for the grace he has given our women in Christendom. Thank God for the revelation of the word of God that we can say confession. Supernatural childbirth. But in spite of all of that, you still feel certain things. You can't run a race. You don't get a pregnant woman to come and run a 100-meter sprint. You don't get a pregnant woman to come and do swimming competition. She may swim if she likes, at her own risk. But to represent Nigeria, say you are the only one. You are the best woman in Nigeria. You are, and now you are six months pregnant. You have to represent us. No. No. You have to give her that space. What space, what timeline did God put that the moment a woman conceives... So the moment of birth, the timeline is nine months. The same in the developmental stages of a child. God has put certain landmarks. If you read psychology, you probably understand some of these things. OAPLG, the uh, whatever stage, whatever stage, up to the phallic and the genital stage and all of that. Now, these are just the developmental stages of a child. You know, when a child is born, there is a particular time that this child should be able to sit by himself. Are you with me, church? After a couple of months, parents expect that this child should be talking like every other normal child. Because a normal child, at a particular moment, it's just that I don't have track. It's only my wife that can tell me now. Uh, maybe some of you have experience better than myself. At a particular month, a child should be able to talk. At least say, ba, 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 or mama, ma, or ma, ma, tat, tat. Now, you must, if a child is not talking at that stage, the parents begin to get worried. At a certain stage, the baby should be able to get up. If at the age of two or three, a child is still crawling around, the parents will be worried and say, what's going on here? Age of six or five, you should be in school. I say, at six. When some of us were already finishing a mountain of Akbu, I'm breaking up Roko, my daughter. I can't remember. A couple of months, that girl started eating early. Breast milk was not enough anymore. Not like my son. He was still, you know, you know, sucky, 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 sucky for almost two years. Until it became a time when somebody, we carried somebody in the car, an elderly woman. And my son was saying to his mom, mommy, 
And the elderly woman said, eh, 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 don't tell me you're still talking. My son did like this. He said, don't try that again. Oh, yeah, go on, win him. My son said, what's your, what's your problem? <laughs> My daughter wasn't like that. That one, maybe at six months or so. I mean, she wasn't up to a year. She was taken to my mother-in-law's place. And my mother-in-law was eating a, a fried yam and stew. And she mashed it and put it in her mouth. And my daughter took it. <laughs> she took it though. A couple of months after, they were eating garden egg. Garden egg is not sweet. They gave it to my daughter. My daughter, <laughs> we took it to my We took her to my mom's place. And uh, my mom used to buy kuli kuli in the house. They gave to my son. The older one, my son took it. Uh, his grandma mm, is like stone. It's hard. Kuli kuli. My God. When they gave my daughter, you know what she did? She put it in her mouth. She soaked it with saliva. That girl is so smart. She soaked it. and then she went, So the brother was looking. Are you eating it? Don't worry about that. If a child gets to a particular stage when they should be eating and they're not eating, at the time you should be taking swallow, you are taking a celiac. There's a problem. It's an indication that there's a problem. Because God has set a timeline for all these things. Are you getting what I'm saying? When the time comes for rain to fall and there's no rain, there's a problem. That's what the world is experiencing now, climate change. God has allotted certain timeline to certain things that he does. Are you with me? It, has, it is called the set time. Someone said the set time. The set time of conception to birth is nine months. Let's look at Genesis 17. Genesis chapter 17, when God came to visit Abraham. From verse 15 to 23. Genesis 17, 15 to 23. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, she was Sarai, thou shalt not call her name Sarai anymore, but Sarah. Shall her name be? Sarah means princess. She's a princess. Upgrade her. And I will bless her. <laughs> May God bless you. Don't waste prayers, please. September is a dangerous month to waste prayer. I say, May God bless you. And I will give thee a son also of her. Yea. I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Look at Papa Abraham. And Abraham fell upon his face and laughed. <laughs> I said in his heart, he didn't say with his mouth, but do you know that God reads the words in your heart, and he hears them very clearly, very audibly. Abraham said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? <laughs> because by that time, Papa couldn't do again. He was already old. And shall Sarah, I'm not calling her Sarai anymore. She's now Sarah, like you said, do. Sarah that is 90 years old, bear. A 90 year old woman. I was emceeing the birthday of a 90 year old mama. A few months ago, they helped Mama. They helped Mama at the reception to sit down. But I was told that she was very strong up until COVID time. Some 90 year olds still walk around. I mean, I also emceed the birthday of a 90 year old man. 
actually the longest serving medically qualified anatomist, Professor Abio Desalu, turned 19 May and I was the MC. I stood with him and asked him a lot of questions. What does it feel like to be 90? You see, I like to be around such people. Because you should know why. God said 120. Professor Desalu at 90 still drives. He stands straight. He doesn't walk around with a walking stick. I don't see myself at 90. Shaking. No, no, no. I see myself shouting, glory to God. Papa Copeland is 85. Going to be 86 very soon. Pardon me. And he still shouts, glory to God. He was preaching sometime in Lagos and was running around. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. At over 80. These are testimonies and testaments to the truthfulness of the word of God. Can I have an amen? Don't compare yourself. Don't use maybe those who had some health challenge at 50 something and they can't walk anymore and say, Pastor keeps saying 121. Look at, look, at, look, at, look at this person now. He's not even up to 60 yet. He can't even walk again. <laughs> God, just let me live sharp. Live long, small. Mm -mm. Don't cut short your life. God promised Sarah a child at 90. Abraham was almost 100. Now, let's go. Where did I stop now? Verse 17, thank you. Oh, no. Dun, 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 dun. Just a moment, I find myself. 17, yeah? Oh, verse 17 now. Okay, thank you. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, after he laughed in his heart and said what he said, then he now said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Yeah. Don't kill Ishmael, oh. please do. He had laughed. He didn't believe. And I said, well, let, let this man live. Oh. Now look at God's response. And God said, I like God. I love him and I like him pretty much. When he says something to you, whether you do what he says or not, in terms of uh, carrying out the instructions or not, he will keep giving you that same instruction. Like one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Jerry Savell will say, it's like God has one track mind. When he says go, you argue, 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 you come back to him, he will say go. You argue, argue, you go for three months, you come back and say go. Until you go where he says to go. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because he knows more than we do. Now, God said, listen, Abraham, Sarah, your wife. You know God said it earlier. So it was like he was reminding Abraham, Sarah, your wife. I'm not saying Hagar, I'm saying Sarah, your wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name. God went one step further here by giving a name before the child was born. He named him before he was born. God did naming ceremony before the child was born. God is a God of faith. Amen? When you're trusting God for the fruit of the womb and you go to the market and you start buying baby things and you're not yet pregnant, people say, what's wrong with you? Nothing wrong. I'm preparing for my baby. My baby has to come and he has to wear very nice clothes. He's a boy. So this, that, 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 that. God likes that. Amen? A lady was trusting God for her husband. She bought some, some things, some clothes for men. Bought a suit, bought some shirt, 
because I like him to be wearing this kind of shirt. I like my man to wear this kind of sneakers. And she put him in her room. I'm going to give him as birthday gift when there was no brother. And according to the fullness of time, a brother showed up. There are certain things you do. There are actions. They are called corresponding actions. When I didn't have a car and I was trusting God for a car, God told me one day, so I give you a car now, you, hit, you use it to hit a tree. Why, Lord? Because I didn't know how to drive. Trusting God for a car, you don't know how to drive. That's dumb. Go to driving school and prove God. Prove to God you are serious about what you're expecting. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you're an expectant mother, won't you shop for your baby? Now, God went ahead and named the child. Listen up. His name shall be called Isaac. What is the meaning of Isaac? Laughter. Somebody say laughter. God will make you laugh in Jesus' name. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget and I will make him a great nation. That's the father of the Arab nation. And you know they are really blessed in terms of being wealthy. Because of what God said here, I've blessed him and will make him fruitful. If you see the skin of those Arab nations, from UAE to Saudi to Oman and Bahrain, <laughs> they glitter. In Saudi, for example, I heard that their women don't work. I don't know if they've changed the law now. And some of them that run shops, once it's 12 noon, almost 12 noon, they close the shop, they go home. They go and sleep. They can't. They don't like being exposed to the sun too much. So when you see them, they're like fish. When my, one of my aunties, who is a professor, a retired professor now, medical professor, went there to work years ago, she came back and told us that every time she was going out, they had a, an official boss for her, one person. And they assigned four nurses to her. Four nurses to just accompany her. She can't carry anything they should, they should carry for her. Professor. Because they so much care about their health. So you have come as a professor, you're like semi-god. I heard when Nigeria still was in its former glory that the princes of Saudi used to come to UCH, they traveled all the way for medical treatment because UCH was built after the pattern of UCL, University College London. I've not been there. I've been to London, but I've not been to UCL. But people have told me that when you go to that hospital, if you know your way around in that hospital, in terms of the way they designed it, the architectural design, the wards, northeast, southeast, southwest. If you come to UCH, you don't need to ask anybody where you're going. If you know the topography there, you will know how to find your way here. If you know the one here, you know how to find it. I don't know if this one has, if it has changed. Because southwest might have moved to southeast. Are you getting what I'm saying? May the Lord help this country. May this country rise again. May the Lord hijack the destiny of this country from the desperados. Nigeria used to be in glory. But the latter glory shall be greater than the former. Nigeria will fulfill the purpose of God for it in the name of Jesus. Or for her as the case may be. So, that's the father of the Arab nations, Ishmael. Verse 21. My covenant will I establish with Isaac. 
which Sarah shall bear unto thee. God was driving this point into the ears of Abraham. Get it, get it. Sarah, Sarah shall have a child. Hagar's had a child, Ishmael, but Sarah is going to have a son. My covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall be unto thee at this set time in the next year. Somebody say set time. God himself mentioned it at this set time. And he left off talking with Abraham and God went off from Abraham. After God has released instructions, he goes, Psh. don't talk unbelief again in my ears. Don't talk nonsense. He goes. The next verse. Abraham straightened himself up. He took Ishmael, his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were brought, that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day as God had said unto him. Because God came to tell him to circumcise all the male from himself to all of the male. And God spoke about Another son coming, the son of promise, Isaac. And he was dilly-dallying and God straightened, straightened him out. And God left and Abraham went to obey God instantly. Instant obedience always carries a reward. He didn't postpone it. I'll do it next week. No, same day. Are you with me, church? But my emphasis is on verse 21 when God said, at this set time in the next year. Set time. Now let's go to Genesis 18, the next chapter. Genesis 18. 9 to 15. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah, your wife? Now, he saw three men, but he knew these were very strange strangers. And there was something unique about them. Abraham had discernment. He was able to discern that these were not ordinary people. And he hosted them. He begged them, let me entertain you. That's why, ladies and guys, you must learn to entertain people. The Bible says some entertained angels unawares. Abraham set an example here. So the men spoke, and I'd like you to note this word. The Bible says, and they said, they, three of them, said unto him, Where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, Behold in the tent. Next verse. And he said, They said, Becomes, he said. Did you notice that? And he said, now this is the Lord speaking. I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. My emphasis on time. Time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah had it in the tender which was behind him. According to the time of life. What is the time of life? God set it there. Twelve months to govern a year. Nine months to govern pregnancy to birth. And God will not circumvent that. God will not short circuit the process. God put the process in motion. So according to the time of life, no matter how spiritual you are as a woman, you are not going to give birth at four months. Otherwise, you are going to give birth to a lizard. Or a Lizzie looking baby. Lizzie. Have you seen a child developing in the womb? You must have seen the picture in, in biology. The head will be very big and the body will be tiny. You don't want to give birth to that. You want to give birth to a baby. And if you're going to give birth to a baby, you're going to have to wait for nine months. 
No matter how tough the pregnancy period might be. Lord, I can't sleep. I can't run. I can't jog. I love my jogging, my morning jogging, but now I'm pregnant. I can't jog anymore. Oh, you can't jog. According to the time of life, God said. Let's go on quickly. So I wrap this up. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. Did God know that? Come on, talk to me, John. Did God know that? And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. What does that mean? Sarah had reached menopause. But look at the word menopause. Separate it. Men, oh, pause. Men, oh, pause is not God. Oh, pause. Where men pause, God begins. Can I have an amen to that? Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. You know, it was Abraham that laughed in the previous chapter. Read your Bible very well. Now, Sarah laughed. Saying, after I'm waxed old, shall I have pleasure? <laughs> my Lord being old also. Because my Lord, my Lord was very old. My Lord could not do the do anymore. Well, let's put two more. Matter what you do, my Lord, you'll be looking. If you bring a virgin and she's naked before my Lord, my Lord, you'll be low. My Lord cannot stand up. My Lord is permanently down. So, that's not the time to say, I'm going to give you a child. But you know the way God works? God works like a lifesaver in the swimming pool. When you are drowning, the lifesaver doesn't dive in. When you are struggling, no. When you come down, you've taken some water. <clears throat> you've, 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 you've drunk like two gallons. And you are no more struggling. The lifesaver will dive in and bring you out. If it dives in while you are struggling, you will drown both of you. When we come to the end in ourselves, the end of our wits, the end of our connections, the end of our strength, the end, the end, God shows up. You remember Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8, 9, 10. He said, we'll not have you ignorant, brethren, of our trouble that came to us in Asia. When the trouble came, he said, how that we, kept, we, we had the sentence of death. We had the sentence of death in ourselves. What does that mean? They died to self. They die to all human efforts that we should not trust in ourselves but in God that raises the dead. That even if we die, God will raise us up. But at this point, we have come to the end in ourselves. We died. God comes through for you when you stop running around and you say, Lord, I surrender. Take it off from here. And who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Abraham could not perform sexually anymore. Sarah had reached menopause. No more eggs to break every month to, to aid fertilization. Nothing to release anymore. She was dry, like dry wood. I mean, even if she got pregnant, that was risky at 90. 
Medically speaking, by the time a woman is 40, they advise, hey, maybe you should stop childbearing because the risks are high. I have personally lost people who got pregnant about 40. That is not to say that a woman can't have a child above 40. But it comes with extra care. And that's why you don't, you don't live a riotous lifestyle as a young lady. Getting into abortion, 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 abortion. As a young person, you say, I'm young, I'm young. I still have, I, I still have many eggs. I'm young, I'm young. You have many eggs. Is it, is, it, is it to kill them? I'm involved with sometimes believing God with people who are married. For different reasons. Marriage, well, marital issues, or sometimes childbearing issues and things like that. A lady spoke to me and said, look, the doctor said that I'm running out of eggs, that I'm actually approaching menopause. I said, wow. I never heard that before in my life. But she told me herself. But listen, men, opos, is not God opos. So I told her the scripture. Let's move on quickly. And so the Lord said to Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Why did Sarah laugh? Shall I of a shorty bear a child which I'm old? She laughed saying that. Verse 14. Then the Lord asked the question, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Look at this again. At the time appointed, somebody says set time. It God said, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. Somebody says, say time. And Sarah shall have a son. God created time and put it in the earth to govern the seasons and certain activities that he does he attaches a frame to them. And Sarah denied saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. She was afraid that God heard. And he said, nay, but thou did laugh. Hey, shut up, Sarah, you laughed. And guess what God did again? The man rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom. They moved. The same thing he did in the case of Abraham. When he was talking nonsense, God told him the last word and God moved. God doesn't like bringing a solution to your problem and you're still arguing with the solution. I was telling a couple of women this week, this past week, elderly women in their 50s, I said, we Christians pray a lot. We pray a lot. And when the answer comes, yet we fight the answer. No, this is not the way God works. How can this be my opportunity? I, I don't think so. I don't think this, one, uh, this is too hard. Hey, well, you are fighting the answer you prayed for. They were praying for Peter to be released. God released Peter. Peter came, Rhoda went to the door and saw Peter and ran back in. Hey, Peter is here. They said, Rhoda, thou art mad. Believers, oh, they were praying in tongues. I don't know where that came from. They said, Rhoda. If one of them said, no, it must be his angel. It can't be Peter. You saw his angel. Does his angel look like him? Have you ever seen his angel before? And these were praying people. Rhoda went against, ah, this is Peter. 
Apostle Peter. Then he ran, she ran back again. Peter is there. Oh, he's here. Oh. Let's open the door and let him in before they catch him again. Oh. He said, Rhoda, you must be mad. You know why? They didn't expect the gift of the working of miracles to happen like that. The gift of the working of miracles activates a miracle. Boom! And it could happen just like that. Talk about the God that collapses time. According to their calculation, maybe the king will still open the judiciary and they will argue in the court of law and argue and try him and prosecute him and do everything. Then finally we say, well, you are now discharged and acquitted. But God set him free overnight. Talk about the God that collapses time. God's promise to Sarah. Did it come to pass? Go to Genesis 21. We have read Genesis 17, Genesis 18, now Genesis 21. We take it from verse 1. Quickly, just a few verses. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. This season, God will visit you. Amen. If you are a believer in church, shout a better Amen. When God visits, he doesn't come empty-handed. He's always loaded. Heavy. Igbo people say heavy. Heavy, heavy. You know those uncles that when they are coming like this, they come heavy. Two bars of yam like, like Kilimanjaro. Kegs of oil. Bush meat. They bring everything from the village. Heavy. Not the one that will come. Who, who will remember to buy a loaf of bread? And will be wrestling with you for your food. God visited Sarah. Verse 2. For Sarah conceived, oh my God, a 90-year-old woman became pregnant. I figure mama will be wondering, honey, I don't know what is happening to my body. My tummy is getting bigger. It's not digesting. Maybe it's the food. I feel like spitting. At 90, yeah. first trimester, yeah. second trimester, yeah. final trimester, yeah. EGG, ah, it's looking like it's real, oh. And bear Abraham a son in his old age at the set time, somebody says set time, of which God has spoken to him. God never misses it. God never comes late. If your miracle seems to be late, it is not late. It is because it is going to be the latest. When God is going to give you something and it's taking long, don't worry. I don't fight God anymore in my life. When I'm trusting God for this, this, Lord, this particular thing, by the time it comes, my wife can testify, by the time it comes, it's the latest. That's the way God does. He never comes late. He created time. How can you say he came late? Somebody created time. By what measure will you... Some of you came late to church this morning. I can say you came late. Because we set the time for the service. But God created time. How can you tell the creator that he came late? How can you tell your professor that he failed your course? Professor, you failed, sir. No. I know you're a professor of psychology. You've been practicing for over 35 years. Even before I was born, I'm only 18. But when you were teaching us uh, uh, Psych 105, you said that the, 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 the brain and the mind, there is no connection. But, sir, you, you, you failed. You failed your course. You failed your course. Or you mean I failed your course? 
God never comes late. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. That was the name that God named him, Isaac. It was named before he was born. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son, Isaac, was born unto him. And Sarah said, God has made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Your testimony would be, who would have said that someone like me would have achieved this? Who would have said that someone like me would have gotten here? Who would have said that someone like me would have met great people like this? Who would have said that God would use someone like me? Who would have said that God on the wings of his grace would take me to this kind of position where I'm seated with the princes and the kings of my people? That will be your testimony in the name of Jesus. Where they have written you off, God will rewrite your story. I said God will rewrite your story in the name of Jesus. Talk about the God that collapses time. She had lost so much time. She should have borne fruit, fruit of the womb at the age of 21, 22, 19, 23, 35. She lost all of that time. But Joel 2, 25, God said, and I will restore. Listen to me, and I will restore. What will I restore? The years that the locust has eaten. The canker worm, the palmer worm, and the caterpillar. God said, I will restore. God restored the youth of Mama Sarah. Oh, she became pregnant. She carried the pregnancy to time. Hebrews 11, 11 says, by faith, Sarah received strength to conceive seed. Ordinarily, she would not have been able to conceive seed. But by faith, she received strength to conceive seed. God renewed her youth. She became beautiful again. She became a woman breastfeeding, a breastfeeding mother. What do you call that? She, she began to breastfeed her son. She looked so beautiful. When they traveled to a place, the, the king there was going to hijack her. Beautiful at 90. Talk about the God that collapses time. When the Lord does it for you finally, it will look as if you never wasted any time. It will look as though you never lost any time. God is doing it for me. He's done it. He's doing it. He will do the same for you. Much more he will do in your life. We've seen it in the Bible. We've seen it in the Bible. He makes all things beautiful. In his own time. A child is expected to be able to, to sit at a certain time. Walk at a certain time. Talk. At a certain time, at a certain developmental stage, all these things have time allotted to them. In Psalm 1 verse 3, the psalmist said, from verse 1 said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of, of, of discomfort, but is delighted in the law of the Lord, and in his love does he meditate day and night. Verse 3 says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. There is a season that every tree, every tree brings forth its own fruit. Mango has its season. Orange has its season. It might be your season now, 
All right, my season will come. And by faith, this is our season. Can I have an amen? So let not orange be crying because it is seen mango everywhere. Every time, every fruit has its own season. And may this be your season in the name of Jesus. The psalmist said in our text, Psalm 31 verse 15, he said, my times are in your hands. My times are in your hand, O God. I will stop at the next point, point number three. Point number one, you remember? It was God that created time. Point number two, I've discovered that certain things God does have specific time allotted to them. Now listen to point number three. It looks like number two, but it's different. Point number three, I have also discovered that in the mercy and wisdom of God, he permits certain things to happen at specific seasons. This is different from number two. Number two says God does certain things and there's a time allotted to them. The pregnancy period and gestation period of a woman is called nine months. That's the time God set. The lifespan of a man is 120 years. That's the time God set, all right? But this one, God permits certain things by his mercy and in his wisdom to happen at specific seasons. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1. He said, ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. Ask the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. Listen, there is a time of the latter rain. In contemporary English, it is called the spring. He said, ask the Lord rain in the spring. There's a time. There's a time of the latter rain. God put that in motion. Psalm 102 verse 13. Thou shall arise. Come on, media. Thou, Lord, shall arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. Verse 13, I said, the time to favor her. Yea, the set time. The set time. And I believe this is somebody's set time for favor in the name of Jesus. Go to verse 16. Verse 16, same chapter. Verse 16, he said, when the Lord, when you see the word when in English, it is not always introducing a condition. It is also used to introduce time. Adverbia clause of time is introduced by the word when. When, not if, when. That's why in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, when you pray and you, when you fast. Verse 6, when you fast. Verse 16, when you pray. He didn't say if you pray or if you fast. So for the Christian, fasting and prayer is not conditional. It's not about if, it's a matter of when. Now, in Psalm 102 verse 16, he said, When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Ah, do you know Zion? Do you know Zion? The church is Zion. We are Zion. Can I have an amen? He said, when the Lord shall build us up, we will appear in the glory of God. I pray for somebody. This is your season of greater glory. In the name of Jesus, shout a better amen. Run with this scripture. When the Lord shall build up Zion. <laughs> I may not look like my tomorrow now, but hey, don't mess with me. You better take my phone number now. You better be my friend now. Be my friend now. Before that time comes, you have to go through three PAs before you can get to me. Because when the Lord shall build up Zion, it shall appear 
in his glory. I prophesied to somebody's life today, when the Lord shall build up Zion, you shall appear in his glory in the name of Jesus. Just to a point when people see you, they see you in the future and say, ah, excuse me, you look like someone. Are you Sister Uri Ofe that we used to be in the same church in Nigeria? He said, oh yeah, it's me. Oh my God, I said it, I said it. Ah, you are now finer. You are now more beautiful. You are now more. <laughs> glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Some of you think this is your best stature. This is your best physique. This is the best you can look. But I bet it with you. In five years time, what you look like right now will be a throwback. And it will be a throwback you want to hide. Because when the Lord shall build up Zion, you shall appear in the glory of God. Shout amen. Shout amen. As a shout amen. God permits certain things to happen at certain seasons. Specific seasons. That's why it's not good to miss your season. In John chapter 5, I, can't, I don't have time to read. In verse 4, the Bible says that Jesus went to Jerusalem for a feast. And there was at Jerusalem a pool uh, by Bethesda having five porches. We had laid a great multitude of important folks, blind, hot, maimed, lame, people that could not walk, all manner of sickness and diseases. And the Bible says they waited for an angel who came at a certain season, a certain season. When you hear season, what does that tell you? Come on, church, early commerce. What does that tell you? Time. An angel came at a certain season to trouble the water. And whosoever then first got after the trouble of the water stepped in was made all of whatever disease he had. If he had cancer, he was healed. If he had HIV, he was healed. If he had diabetes, he was healed. If he had whatever terminal disease, he was healed. He was healed. Whatever. But it has to be the first person. At a certain season. The season, they didn't know. But at a season. They would just hear in the midnight. He would trouble the water. And then he would go. Whoever got in first, zah. He will sing out. Otisheo, baba tisheo. And the other will say, Ekpaleo, see you in another life. Whoever got in first. A man had been getting, had been trying to get there for 38 years. Family members had given up on him. If a condition tarries for 38 years, you'll be alone. If you have a condition for three months, you'll be surrounded by friends and family. Six months, some friends will stop coming. After one year, you would have lost so many friends. By the third year, you are only left with your family. By the fifth year, you are left alone. Because even your family members have other responsibilities. They want to go and give birth to children. They can't stay within the hospital. Nobody stays with the patient in the hospital and becomes pregnant. Your sisters have to be pregnant so, and they are married. They have to go and attend to their husbands. They have children that have to go to school. Hey! But when Jesus came, he said, will that be made whole? And the man was talking stories. You know, sir, I have no man to help me because every time I'm coming, another one stepped before me and there, 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 and that's why I don't get healed. Jesus said, hey, will you be made whole? The one that determines the seasons is here. The creator of the times and seasons is here. I have come to collapse time for you. 
you have lost 38 years. I have come to collapse it into one moment. Will thou be made whole? The psalmist said in Psalm 115, my times are in thy hand. My times are in thy hand. The one that has got time, please sing that song this morning. You've got times and seasons in your hand. He said, rise up. The guy said, sir, he rose up. Take up your bed. He carried his bed and go home. Yeah. For the first time in his life. Listen, someone who had been bedridden for 38 years can never rise and walk. Some of you are medical students. Some of you are doctors, <laughs> nurses. You understand me. When somebody had been bedridden for five years, never got up from bed. One, the skin must have been peeling. They have bed sore or <laughs> whatever. It rashes all over their body, even though they are cleaning them every day. Now, they've never walked. Who is the professional that you think will be hired? In the field of medicine, in the medical field, a professional will be hired to help them walk. Who is that? A physiotherapist. The physiotherapist will have to teach them to take baby steps again. Even though they were an adult before they had the condition. Tente, 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 with walking stick or whatever that thing is called. I don't know what name they call that thing. They move it from point to point. They move from point to point. They move from point to point. That's only five years or two years. This is 38 years. Don't just read your Bible on the surface. Praise God. Jesus collapsed time. Sacked all the physiotherapists in town. Sacked all the doctors. Sorry, Yeshua. God bless you. Jesus loves doctors. He sacked all the nurses. I love you, nurses. Jesus loves you all. He sacked everybody. He sacked all the healthcare assistants. He sacked all the carers. He sacked everybody around that man. He sacked and he even sacked time. He said, time! Get out of here now. <laughs> Get up! Take up your bed and walk. I love that man. The guy got up, took his bed, and was walking home. Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. Talk about the God that collapses time. When they met the Pharisees and the teachers of the law on the way, they said, hey, why are you carrying your bed? Why are you carrying your bed? Don't you know it's Sabbath day? <laughs> Those guys were nutters. And I like that guy. He gave them a good answer. If I were that guy, I would give them more. I was there 38 years. None of you could help me. With all your long beards, doing all your religious practices, eating the feast of Passover. Just eat, eat, eat from house to house. None of you could help me. I was there on the bed. You, you know I know you. I gave you offering. All my offering for 25 years before I got to Give me offering. Only priest. All of them, they were there. They were crucifying the man. Why are you carrying your bed? They did not even rejoice within that he walked. What's wrong with people? Do you know people still do that till today? People don't mind when you remain on the same spot. The day God pushes you forward, then they start questioning. Where did he get the car from? How did he get the admission? How did she get the scholarship? She must have slept with the lecturer. Nya, 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 nya. Sinking now, get on your feet, everybody. Talk about the God that collapses time. Next week, I continue. Give you two more, two more points. How many have I given you now? Three, two more to go.